Welcome to the Hannah Miller Show. And here she is, Hannah Miller. Outspokenly conservative and unashamedly Christian. This is Hannah Miller, and this is what happened this week. So this actually happened a little bit earlier than this week, but it has come to my attention uh, more recently, this week. So, uh, and, and I'll give the exact dates on it. So this story, and we're just going to talk about one story this week, probably pretty short, sweet episode um, for this week's podcast, but this story is going to seem a bit irrelevant to most of you at first. That's a maybe, maybe not, just kind of depends on what you're into, but it has much broader implications. So just stick with me as I share the story, and then I'm going to expound on it, and I'm going to apply it to other aspects of life and why this is concerning to me. So on December 2nd, a Portland, Oregon video game store called TOTL, which stands for Top of the Line Games, shared an announcement from Sony regarding their Discovery Plus content. Now, if you're like me, of course I know the name Sony, and I am familiar with video games, but I wasn't very familiar with Discovery Plus content. So, that and that's an aspect of their service, and it's basically a streaming service, kind of. So, we're going to get into it, though, so just hang with me here. Earlier this year, uh, and this is from TOTL, a report found that only 13% of video games made before 2010 are commercially available, with the remaining 87% only being available through the buying and reselling of physical copies or through emulation. And that report came after Nintendo had already shut down both the 3DS and the Wii U eShop. And while it's not clear whether that report included the closure in their statistics or not, it probably didn't help either way. And so just to recap that, 13% of video games made before 2010 are, you know, only only 13% made before 2010 are commercially available. And so you have a broad, you know, well, 90% or let's see. 87% of video games made before then are gone unless you can find a physical copy in a uh, in a gaming store or something like that and you're probably sitting there like what does this got to do with me why do why would I if you're not into gaming you may not care well that brings us to December 2nd on December 2nd Sony announced that they would be removing discovery plus content from the libraries of people who purchased it, making that content no longer accessible and offering no refunds or alternative solutions. You hear that? People bought content on Discovery Plus, a platform that they had, and they were going to remove it from people who had purchased it. So the content would not be available any longer And not only that, but they offered no refunds and no alternative solutions from it. They just said, we took your money and now we're going to take the product back and we're going to do away with it. This is the reality of a world where all content, and I'm talking about music, shows, movies, books, video games, and more, is all digital. You do not own anything you purchase digitally. You are only purchasing, and this is an important fact, you are only purchasing a license, 
Okay, that's how ebooks work. That's how Spotify, Amazon Music, all of these, Pandora, all of these that you utilize in that Netflix, Disney Plus, talking about videos, all those different streaming services, you are purchasing a license which can be taken away at any moment with no warning. And this reality. It also applies to Audible content. You own a license to listen to them as long as Audible also owns the license. And that's how it works with Audible and that's how it works with all of, essentially all of these streaming services. You own a license as long as the, as long as the provider, whether that be Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime Video, um, Spotify, YouTube television, Apple TV. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All the audio, if you go, go to Audible, um, all the ebooks, I think it's Kindle, I think is the Amazon version for ebooks. As long as they own the license, you can, you stream, you purchase basically a part of that license. So there are many examples of folks having books, quote, expire from Audible. And of course, if you're not familiar, Audible is audiobooks. And that's, uh, that's Amazon's uh, audiobook platform. When you buy an ebook on stores such as Amazon, Google Play Books, or Kobo, they usually come with what's called digital rights management, DRM. And so I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this for a little bit for all of us, because a lot of this is new to me, too. I was doing the research on it this week. So um, and sometimes there's watermarking. Uh, Arvin Cerezo, he's a former publisher who produced hundreds of ebooks and did a lot of converting physical copy books into ebooks with hundreds, if not thousands of books. He spoke about this in a recent article that he published on a website and he gives kind of a truncated description of digital rights management, which addre- addressing ebook ownership. And he said this DRM is simply the use of technology to protect copyrighted digital content, such as music, movies, ebooks, etc. And the reason for this is simple piracy. Book publishers lose $300 million a year because of ebook piracy according to Cerezo, and the DRM helps prevent this piracy. Although, to be, you know, full disclosure, very good hackers can crack the DRM of ebook files. So there is a reason for the DRM. There's a reason that they have the digital rights management, this uh, quote-unquote watermark, this digital watermark. And it's so that, you know, for example, if I were to buy an ebook, let's say I bought Vody Bauckham's um, Fault Lines ebook, okay? It would be assigned a watermark that's specifically connected to me. My card, my account, blah, blah, blah. So if I then sell that or disperse that book, don't sell it, but disperse that book widely on the internet on some sort of ebook piracy site, then they would be able to trace that watermark back to me and know that I was the one that originally purchased that book and then uh, you know, s- disseminated it, essentially, and, and spread it out for, for others to be able to utilize without them purchasing their own copy. So that's the purpose of the DRM, is to protect and prevent piracy. But unfortunately, this also means that most purchasers of ebooks don't 
actually own their ebook. And this is why you have, and this is true, and I'm using ebooks as an example, but this is true for all of these mediums that we uh, own a license for through streaming services. So the Spotify, the Amazon TV, all those things that I've already mentioned. Uh, so some publishers, specific, specifically talking about books, some publishers opt out of using DRMs. So not all ebooks have DRM protection. The easiest way to really own your ebooks is to buy ones that are called DRM free. Many independent publishers are now open to publishing ebooks without that technology. Uh, you can go to liberatorcom slash bookshops, and that's L-I-B-R-E-T-U-R-E dot com to find a updated list of ebook publishers that are DRM free. They keep that updated for folks so they can find DRM free books. Indie platform, uh, Smashwords, and sometimes Kobo also sell them uh, as DRM free. Classics in digital format produced by the Project Gutenberg are always DMR free. So those are, you know, you don't have to worry about those. When you download ebooks from the aforementioned platforms, you get to keep the files even after you change or lose your devices. As Arvin Cerezo said, that's true ownership in a digital sense. And of course, I'm talking specifically about books, but this is, you know, talking about you have a Amazon Prime account and you ha have Amazon Prime video and you purchase videos through that. What happens if in, you know, five years you decide, you know what, I don't want this streaming service anymore? Well, you say goodbye to all of the videos that you've purchased through them. All of the shows or, or whatever. You don't, as, as long as you have that streaming service, you get access to those things. But then the other, other, other side of it is, as we've already, as I've already explained, is that if they decide that they don't want to purchase the license for that content anymore, they just take it away and you don't have it anymore, even though you're still paying for the streaming service. Or even though, like a lot of these gamers with Discovery Plus, they already purchased something on that streaming platform. If the streaming platform says, we don't want to purchase the license for this content anymore, boom, it's gone. And in the, in the, in the situation with Discovery Plus with Sony, they didn't offer any money back and they didn't offer any kind of solution for folks, an alternative. They didn't try to help people out at all with this. So, it, so all of this is why buying not just your video games, but your music, shows, movies, and books physically is so important. And I'll take this having a step further. Having that copy in your hands physically means that with few exceptions, no one can suddenly come in and take it away from you. You own it. It is yours. If you don't like it, you can resell it or give it away or keep it until you suddenly decide you like it again. You can leave it to your children. Pass them on to friends. All of this is possible when you own a physical copy of a book. Not possible when it's just through a digital format. And I'm not against those things. Uh, you know, I know I, I sound like an old geezer, you know, talking about this. 
Um, I, I think they can be a great option and a great alternative. Maybe an option is to, if you're not sure that you want to buy and have something on your shelf or you have, you know, it's a lot of folks are going to very, to digital options because they don't have as much room in their homes to store books. And so they keep them on a device on, on their Kindle or in, a cl- in the cloud. And, you know, they digitally file them instead of having to physically file them in their home. And I get that. And in some senses, it feels like it's more secure because you're not going to run out of room digitally, if something were to, you know, your house were to catch fire, you were to move or things like that, it's a lot of times it's a lot easier to find them digitally. It's a lot easier to uh, keep a hold of them digitally, uh, safely. You feel like they're more secure. But then again, it goes back to all of the things that I just said. If it's from a streaming service uh, or platform such as that, where you're not actually owning the EPUB or the MP3 file, it's just sitting there on Amazon's platform or Netflix or whatever, you don't actually own that content and it can be removed by at the whim of Amazon or Netflix or YouTube or whatever. So in all honesty, you know, I could not care less <laughs> about video gaming. That is not an aspect of my life or my family's life or my life growing up. I know it's very important to a lot of people though. And maybe you do care. And this is why supporting your local game store, your, in my case, local bookstore, because in my opinion, uh, you know, that's why I've talked about books so much about this. The implication for digital, the digital files of books is so important to me and I'm belaboring that aspect of it more than the video gaming aspect is because to me the implications for books and digitally purposed slash streamed books is so great to me but this is why supporting locally is important what if Amazon decides they don't want to sell Molly Hemingway's book rigged or Alex Berenson's book, Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdowns. In 2021, Amazon chose not to sell books that frame LGBTQ plus identity as a mental illness. This was a specific target toward the book when Harry became Sally responding to the transgender movement. I know nothing about that book. Maybe it's terrible and no one should ever read it. But the point is that keeping all our eggs in one basket, one retailer, such as Amazon, is not a shrewd long-term choice. Keeping all of our, you know, I I don't consider many of the other mediums like music and movies to be as important as books. (laughs) But I know that there are a lot of people who they have a different opinion about that. And there, I mean, I love music and movies and those kinds of things. But to me, personally, you know, if I'm going to have to rate these things, books would be the most important. Uh, But there are some quality movies out there and there's beautiful music and All of those things bring value to our lives. A lot of times they can bring truth to our lives, specifically books. And so having those things available or unavailable at the whim of one retailer, such as Amazon or Netflix or Sony or whoever, is just not shrewd. And especially in regards to something like books, that are so important for the development of a people. Literature, good literature, is one of, if not the most, important aspects of a culture. 
exposing our children to good quality literature and to the truth that comes from reading books. I mean, God's word being the most important book. And he gave it to us in that format for a reason, I think. And so, you know, the companies, this is why, going back to my my story that I'm talking about this week, this is why supporting local is important. If the companies themselves will not make the games or books or movies for you to purchase, at the very least, you'll always be able to stroll down to your local store and see if they have a copy on the shelf. Don't have one near you? Don't have a local store, bookstore, movie, video store, whatever? A lot of these businesses, especially small businesses, they have a web storefront. They're on the interwebs. We just have to find them. So many of them are there, and you can browse their selections there and have it shipped to you. In short, I love books. And there's a high probability that a lot of my listeners do too. Maybe you love movies or music. My point is, buy your media physically. If it's something, and and I, and I meant to say this earlier, if you know, there's there's a value in you know what you you buy the seven dollar digital version or whatever, and you say you know what I don't care to have that book on my shelf, Bam, not going to buy it and buy put it on my shelf. But if you buy the digital version and you say you know what that's worth me having forever, and not letting it be at the whim of you know, the digital overlords, whoever they may be for that medium. And so you buy a physical copy to have on your shelf. And, you know, of course, that means you're buying it twice, essentially. But that could be an option uh, for for a lot of folks to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. and Or you may even know up front, you know what, that book is not one that I'm going to want to keep on my shelf. I'd like to read it, but I don't care to have it forever and pass it down or, you know, carry it around when I move or whatever. So you buy the digital. That's fine. That's a great, you know, that's why the digital stuff is, is, is a great option some of the time. But just remember, if you really value something and you want to be able to actually own it, you need to have the physical copy. So buy your media physically. Support locally to help prevent putting all of your uh, all of your media eggs in one basket and encourage the preservation of media across all formats streaming services have their benefits like i just said but some media some books music movies they're worth owning ourselves and they're worth owning and not being at the whim of these, like I said, digital overlords who, you know, one day they may just decide we don't want to carry, we don't want to carry God's word. We don't want to carry Molly Hemingway's book. We don't want to carry, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised Abigail Schreier's book um, about, oh, and the name just slipped me, but about LGBTQ has, is actually still on Amazon. There's a lot of books that I'm actually still surprised. Now, of course, uh, it probably comes down to bottom dollar for them. I mean, I'm down to the bottom line, which is the dollar, <laughs> is which is money. And Abigail Schreier's book has made them significant money. And so, you know, that's still a motivating factor for them. But the more and more that they entangle with the government, the less it's going to be a motivating factor to get money from their customers because they get money and support and power from the government. And so as you see that relationship become more and more entangled, 
then the less it will matter what we say and what we purchase. The less our dollar will matter because they're not coming to us for our dollar anymore. They're getting it from somewhere else. All right. That's all I have for this week. Hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much. This has been Hannah Miller. Remember to rate and review. Please five-star review if you get the time this week. And um, I greatly appreciate all of those who've already done it. It's what kind of helps the podcast world go around. You have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Hannah Miller Show. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Productions. If you'd like to find out more about Hannah or to schedule her for a speaking event, go to her website, thehannahmillershow.com.